Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the Health Forward Podcast. Today's episode is an interview with my sweet friend, Kelly Shortridge. Kelly and I worked together a few years ago and we just quickly became friends. As you'll hear in today's interview, she's just super sweet and she's funny. And I have just loved getting to watch her as she's progressed in her career, but also in her own health journey. And that is what she's here to share with us today. She has some really practical, helpful tips for us to apply to our own health journeys. So without any further ado, here's my friend Kelly. Let's get to it. Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward Podcast, where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Welcome back to the Health Forward Podcast. Today, I am privileged to have my very good friend, Kelly Shortridge, here with us. Kelly and I have been friends for a few years. We used to work together, and Kelly is a young professional working in the healthcare industry, and we're so excited because she's just going to take a few minutes today and share about her life and her health journey with us. And so, Kelly, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this interview today. Kelly and I have a lot of fun together. We're both like major Trader Joe fans. We love Instagram. Yes. <laughs> so we have lots of fun together. Um, before we kind of get into today's episode, Kelly, just tell everyone a little bit more about yourself. So I work, like Elena said, um, at a local hospital here in Tennessee in performance improvement. Um, and my hobbies outside of work include drag racing. And uh, being a mom of a dog, she's actually 15 years old. She's a 15-year-old border collie. Gosh, you're a teen mom. Yes. (laughs) Wait, that's not weird. Not a teen mom. (laughs) Mom of a teenage. Yeah. She's she's a little, she is set in her ways, that's for sure. Mm. So she acts like a teenager sometimes. So we (laughs) we can go with that. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm a dog mom and I love to drag race. I've drag raced with my dad. That's something that I've done since I was 13. And so, um, that's been the major hobby of my life, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. And, um, also the last thing I wanted to include was I'm an Enneagram six, Yes, yes, of course. which means I'm the loyalist. Uh-huh. She's a great friend. <laughs> and, and, you know, I like security, so mm-hmm. that's. That's another thing, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a little bit about me. So, yes. So I remember when, um, Kelly started working at the hospital, um, when I worked there, we interviewed her and on her resume, it was like all these things. And then on the bottom, it said like drag race, like just details about drag racing. And so she walked in the door and I was like, you're kidding me. Like, <laughs> you guys can't see Kelly right now, but Kelly is like the sweetest, cute petite um super like trendy she had a little wedge like boots like then she's like yeah I, I'm a drag racer we're like what yeah I don't so actually fun. have like a mullet and like a corona in my hand or anything <laughs> it, was, it was like it's definitely one of those unexpected details about you that just make you really fun thank you 
So let's talk a little bit, you know, as your friend, I know and have been able to like be with you during some of the process that you've been in in the past couple of years of just prioritizing your health and learning about health and making some changes. And so I'd love for you just to share with us, like, what are some of the more maybe beneficial changes that you've made and what differences have you noticed in your overall wellness, your physical health, mental health, emotional health? Like, can you just share some of that with us? Sure. So I think where I really began to, as far as I know health is incorporates a lot of different things, you know, you've got exercise and sleep and stress and food, you know, what you eat. And I think I really started on the food journey um, back when I was in college. I started living on my own and going to school and really thinking about what I was putting into my body. Mm. Um, So with that, I remember just feeling better overall, being able to study better and do better in classes and have more energy and and not feel bloated after I eat something. Mm. Um, But growing up, really, I didn't have a a problem with eating vegetables and fruits and and things that are better for you because I kind of grew up my grandparents had a garden and, mm. and things like that. So I, I've never really struggled with it, but I just made the transition of, Hey, this is important what I'm putting into my sure. body. Right. So, um, just uh, for the past few years, I've been really even more particular about not only what I'm putting into it, my body, but how much of vegetables instead of all fruits or, right. you know, trying to really be more, strict with it, I guess Mm. you could say. Yeah. Just more mindful with it. Yeah. Yes. And then as far as the, um, something I've been working on more recently is sleep. Mm. And with all of the Corona going on, (laughs) (laughs) I've been able to work from home. And so I can a little bit better prioritize my sleep, um, because I'm not having to get up and get ready and all that in the mornings, I can sleep in a little bit better and have more sleep. Right. So that's, that's really improved my, how I feel during the day and, um, just feel overall because I feel like it's actually helped my stress level too. So, yeah, that's a big, big thing. Like both the eating and just being very mindful about, like you said, like what you're putting in your body, how you are fueling. And then, also, the sleep thing is huge, um, especially right now when stress is higher um, for, you know, really everybody. But especially at night, you know, when things seem more um, stressful or like things that in the day we feel like we can deal with, but then at night they kind of seem bigger. Um, and sometimes that can bring on some anxiety and some other things. So like really prioritizing sleep, it's just kind of a um, – it's kind of a cycle, right? So like the more sleep you get, then the less anxious you are, it helps with that. And then you're able to get more sleep and so on and so on. And the reverse of that is true as well. So, you know, if you're not sleeping well, that can tend to lend itself to more anxiety, which lends itself to less sleep and so on. So that that's a huge thing, um, especially right now when things are just, there is just more chronic stress I think across the board for everybody right now yeah definitely I can see it in my family members and in myself and and I kind of grew up with thinking oh you know sleep's not a big deal it's just something you know if I get 
four or five, six hours and I'm, I'm good. But right after getting seven to eight now, I'm kind of like, wow, those extra couple of hours really make a difference. Right. Yeah. It really does make a difference. And it's crazy. Like when you read the studies on that difference in, um, you know, the difference between six hours and like you said, eight hours, or I think the recommendation is seven to nine. So anywhere in that window, just how much of a difference it makes in people's like mental clarity and their ability to function and have um, like their cognitive function. So like their memory and um, just having, not having brain fog and things like that. It, those studies are crazy to me. They're all, they're very fascinating to read. Um, and as well as studies that talk about like the time you go to bed, that was something I didn't know really until the last couple of years was like, I used to think like, you know, you just need to get a certain amount of sleep. It didn't really matter like what time you went to bed. And so, but you know, there's studies that show like you get your deepest sleep before midnight or right around midnight. And so if you're not going to sleep until midnight, um, you're really losing out on some of that super restorative sleep. So that's just really fascinating. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to know because, you know, I consider, I've always considered myself a night owl. So same. I'll stay up too late. And Mm -hmm. then like you said, miss out on that deep sleep where you kind of feel like you're rested and ready to go the next day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So being a young working professional in healthcare, um, what are some of the obstacles maybe that you've encountered to living a healthy lifestyle? Well, the first thing that always pops in my head is I sit all day and, you know, that's, that's hard on your body. And then I'm staring at a screen all day. Right. So those just, I guess, job related. And I, I know a lot of jobs are now because of all the technology, that mm-hmm. is a huge um, factor that I have to consider. And, and yeah. I'm still working on how I can yeah. <laughs> do better at that, you know, whether right. it's yeah, taking a, a break here and there or, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing. You know, I, when we worked together, our department installed um, standing desks, which were great. And the idea of that was great. But even with that, we would so often get to the end of the day and be like, oh, we didn't use that at all. Um, (laughs) It's just like, it's just kind of, you get so ingrained into what you're doing. Um, So yeah, that's a big one. People in so many jobs just sit all day or they, you know, will sit for three to four hours at a time before they get up and take a break. And that is just so hard on the body physically. And then I think it's kind of hard on us mentally too. Like it kind of um, makes us more fatigued mentally because we're just not giving ourselves breaks, you know? Yes. And I've noticed that for me, I would be so, if, if it's like a stressful thing I'm working on for work on this computer I'm sitting there stressed out when all I need to do is take a five minute walk outside Mm. and it's not that big of a deal right (laughs) you know but you're just so into what you're doing that you're just zoned out of everything else but right yes I think another thing another thing I was going to talk about for challenges is learning that I guess since I'm in the healthcare world it's really opened up my eyes to to see that I have to be my own advocate mm. when I go to the doctor's office. Yeah. 
so many times I've been to the doctor's office and I'm just taking their advice, which is totally what you should do most of the time. But <laughs> it's kind of like, well, you have to fight for what you really want to know and what right. you really, you know, do your own research basically. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's a huge thing. And I, I think that more people are becoming aware of that and that, you know, it's not your doctor's job to make you healthy. Like that is not on them. That's on you. And they're there to provide very specific advice for very specific things that they've been trained in. And they are obviously wonderful and acute settings, you know, when we really need them for specific things that we cannot do for ourselves, but for just everyday life and even like chronic illness and things that we have to deal with day in and day out, that's, you know, we have to take some personal responsibility for that and learn about our bodies and how our bodies function. And specifically when we have certain diseases or chronic illnesses, you know, what that means, like, what does that do to our body? what is the cause? How can we manage it? How can we make it better? Are there things that flare it or make it worse? Are there things that reduce the symptoms or make it better? And I I think that that just was not known or talked about before for a really long mm-hmm. time. Everybody just kind of looked at their doctor as like, oh, well, they are the ones responsible for my health. When in reality, that's never been the case. Yes. So I, I think another thing um, that I always enjoyed when we worked together, like we would talk about cooking a lot and you um, typically brought in like leftovers that you had made from home and it was always, always something that looked amazing. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about that? Like I know that you, you like to cook, you cook often, but you do live by yourself. And so I think a lot of times – that can be a bit overwhelming for people that live by themselves because most recipes and most of the time when you think about cooking or meal prep or meal planning, a lot of that is geared towards like multiple servings or for families or, you know, so can you talk a little bit as a person that lives alone or even people that maybe there's just two of them or something, um, what are some ways that you've kind of navigated around that? How do you do meal prep and meal planning and things like that yeah so the thing that I basically do is I will go on Pinterest or Instagram or some somewhere where I can find three or four different recipes or dinners that I can kind of copy or whatever and um, write the ingredients down on my grocery list and um, what I do because yeah it Living by yourself, it gets old eating the same thing every day. (laughs) Do you have leftovers for like five days? (laughs) Yes. So how I kind of navigate that, it's not perfect, but I'll just kind of, if if I'm making a a meal that has, let's just say, sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts Mm -hmm. with a piece of chicken, then Mm -hmm. I can cook all the sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts that I want. And then I may use chicken one night and I may use roast beef the next night. You know, I kind of switch it up like that, Mm -hmm. just kind of getting a little bit more creative with, you don't have to have the same exact thing. You can switch it up. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. Like you don't have to follow 
a recipe like exactly to the letter. Like you can, you know, like you said, do part of it with chicken, do part of it with beef or, um, you know, switch out a couple ingredients here or there. I know a lot of people are like terrified to deviate from recipes. Like they're just like, I don't know what to do. Um, and I think the more, more time you spend cooking and more time you spend in the kitchen using, um, different ingredients, the more comfortable you get doing that kind of thing. But yeah, that's a really good tip. And so, so do you cook like every single night? Do you cook a couple nights a week? And then, you know, like you said, like do more of a meal prep and then use those for a couple of days and then cook again. Like, how do you do that? Basically it's the latter. So I, okay. I cook a couple that times a week. I'll usually cook like on a Monday or a Sunday evening or something. And then that'll give me enough food to switch out here and there for a couple yeah. of days. And then I may cook again Wednesday or Thursday and have enough. So it's two or three days a week, basically that I'm cooking. Yeah. Okay. But, and another, th- another point I would like to make is learn to love whole foods in their own individual state. I think mm-hmm. that's helped me a huge amount. So I used to feel like a snack had to be, um, maybe like a protein bar or ball or whatever mm-hmm. that I have to make, but I can cut up a green pepper and have some blueberries and have granola and that can be a snack. Yeah. It doesn't have to be complicated. Prepared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yes. And like, we love doing that too. I think that's, that's funny. That's something I don't know that I've ever like really thought about, but we do that like with, Remy too, like with her snacks, like it, I don't prepare her something every single time she wants a snack or I would never leave the kitchen. Um, <laughs> or she would just be eating like packaged stuff all day, every day. And so like, yeah, we'll totally give her like some apple slices and almond butter or a handful of blueberries and a little like, um, we call them turkey roll-ups. So it's basically a little piece of turkey rolled up. Um, and so yeah, that's a really good point of like, don't overcomplicate it. You don't have to make every single, you don't have to like bake every single time you do a meal prep or every time you want a snack or something like that. Yes. Yeah. That's super helpful. Um, are there any other like tips or advice or encouragement that you have for maybe people that are kind of in a similar situation to you? Maybe they either live by themselves or they're just kind of young in like working professional where they're working full time and they're busy, but they also want to prioritize their health and they're just not really sure where to start. Do you have any other advice or encouragement for them? My encouragement slash advice would be to start simple. If you start, just as an example for exercise, and and I this is the thing I probably struggle with the most is exercising consistently. But mm-hmm. I have started walking, mm-hmm. and have really enjoyed that. And you know, there have been multiple times throughout my life where I've tried to be a gym rat and <laughs> and try to you know do all these workouts with all these this equipment and it just for me I feel like if you're starting something if it's more simple at first you're more probably willing to do it mm-hmm. it's not too difficult or too hard um yeah and I I would say my advice for eating as far as that section goes is just re- start to remove all the processed 
stuff first. You know, it doesn't have to be a perfect diet, but that's the where I would attack it first and, yeah. and learn to love those whole foods as an individual, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, so being that you shared with us that you're an Enneagram six, we'll, we'll leave with this last question. Um, thinking about the other sixes out there listening, what <laughs> advice would you have for them? So kind of knowing how they operate and how they, how they tick, how their minds work, what do you think would be really great advice for them as far as how should, how are ways that they can really prioritize their health? The first thing that I thought of (laughs) when you said that was, so as me as a six, I am very introverted. I Mm -hmm. am very uh, anxious and things have to be very in order and I like security and and I worry a lot, you know, and I think that the thing that's helped me the most just as a six or just as a human being is I have joined um, a church and a small group that have really just put their loving arms around me and and been great um, role models um, and been there for me when I needed someone. So my advice to other sixes would be, even if you're super introverted, and you just want to stay at home, kind of push yourself a little bit and, and get out there and find a group, you know, whatever your beliefs are and, um, surround yourself with good loving people. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's great advice, Kelly. And that's, I think that goes for everyone. Um, but especially those who tend to isolate and tend to, you know, kind of be more introverted, it can seem, hard and challenging to take that step to reach out. But, you know, none of us, no matter our Enneagram types, were made to do life alone. And whether it's health struggles or any other kind of thing, it's it's going to always be better um, with people and having people that love you and encourage you and you can vent or you can share um, what's going on with you, with you and in your life with them. And so that's really great advice. Well, thanks so much for being here. This has been so fun. Thank you for having me. Yes, this has been great. (laughs) And thank you everyone for listening and we will catch you next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.